Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Coach's Road podcast. Today's episode is the first roundtable discussion on our show. In these conversations, we are going to explore all of the themes and topics that we cover on our show with different practical coaches from around the world. These coaches are going to be from different cultures and sports and bring in experiences and stories to share with us and you, the listeners. Rick and I won't be speaking as much because we want these experiences and these stories from these coaches to come out and we want to let them interact with each other and learn from each other. With that being said, today's episode features Dustin Temp from the United States, Jako Ratu from Finland, Branislav Bendik from Slovakia. These three coaches combined have a lot of experience and skill development, and we are excited to talk to them today. We would also like to take a moment to thank them for their time and for joining us on the show. Yes, Derek. First of all, I need to say that I enjoyed our first roundtable discussion very much, and I hope that we'll have more of those in the future. And as you mentioned in your introduction with Jaska, Brani, and Dustin, we have three different skills coaches from across the globe, and all of them are very well educated. And it was just really interesting with, with them to compare and contrast and actually to see what similar challenges they face in their own countries. And what we discussed specifically with them about is what actually skills mean to them, what are essential hockey skills. And we also talked about, about hockey sense and hockey IQ because this is a topic we always love to pick up. Furthermore, we talked with them about uh, how do they actually decide on which skills players need to work on. And finally, we t discussed with them what skills do you start with and what do you coach at which level. And now it's time to head over to our main discussion. And we hope that you enjoy this talk as much as we did. So we would like to welcome on to the Coach's Road, Dustin Tem, Branislav Bendik, and Jako Ratu from from Finland and guys I want to kick it over to you guys to start and just let yourselves introduce you guys uh, so Jako maybe we'll start with you and just give us a brief introduction to you okay thanks Derek and Rick nice to be here uh, I'm Lassi, Lassi Pelicans juniors skills coach there fifth years fifth, fifth years uh, doing that that work there and then and 10 years to be a scout in the different states of groups before that and and now it's like i said my fifth years as junior belly guns skills coach and at the same time i'm under 11 to under 13 some some kind of head of coaches also so i am in charge of this these 300 and, and 50, 50 coaches under me at the same time and, and skills coach there. And it's my last year there. I don't know the situation after next year, but I'm really happy to be, be here. And after that, maybe I need to, need to do something, something in ice hockey or somewhere, somewhere other, other stations or I don't know yet, but it's my last year 
at Junior Valley Guns now. Now I'm and well, I I was a player twenty years. I'm I made a quite short short career, but mess level was the highest. And after that, I started as as a scout, and now now I have been there ten years. So so it my job full time job okay maybe that's enough there so next Justin or yeah yeah thanks guys um Derek Rick thanks for thanks for having me on today um it's a pleasure to be with you guys um the other two coaches on the call as well um currently I'm in uh Cedar Rapids Iowa I'm our executive director of our youth hockey and USHL assistant coach for the Cedar Rapids Rough Riders. Um, I've been been coaching for about nine years now. Um, after my playing career um, came to an end, um, just some some brief brief uh, brief background. Um, I first I first coached my first team at eight years old. Uh, was my sister six U ball hockey team in Woodland, California, which was awesome. Um, coached my first travel team at the age of 14. Um, growing up in California, there wasn't much ice hockey, so it was a lot of roller hockey. Um, just imagine imagine having a 10-year-old son and you had to drive your 14-year-old coach um, to a tournament with your kid. Um, so that was a great experience as as a young guy growing up. Um, you know, I think this, this topic is interesting, Tay. I was really excited when Derek and Rick asked me to be on, um, you know, Skill development is is always evolving. Um, the research um, that's coming out daily, weekly, monthly, year to year. Um, I really like the topic, and it, it's something that I'm passionate about because it challenges me to, as a coach every day, every week, every month to continue to learn, um, continue to pay attention, continue to network, um, continue to talk to coaches, and understand you know, what's happening today is not the same that was happening five years ago in terms of skill development, skill acquisition. The thought process um, is completely different um, than it was. Um, so I'm excited to be on this call today, um, talk about skill development, and I'll hand it off to, uh, to Bronny here. Okay, thank you. So uh, first of all, um, very appreciate your work, Derek and, and Rick, uh, that you uh, came up with uh, this kind of project project or podcast uh, it's always nice to share ideas and and listen to other coaches as well so really appreciate it and also thankful for the opportunity to share ideas today with you guys and yeah my background uh, i'm i'm uh, uh, in coaching world i'm this is my sixth year uh first three years uh i have uh, been in uh, slovakia in our club uh, where i grew up and after some injuries in uh, my pro career, I decided to quit in my 26th. And after playing in Denmark, Austria, second Russian league. Um, so I decided to go this way. And uh, in Slovakia, we had, uh, we had like a lot of, lot, like we, we, didn't, we didn't know about skill at all. It was really like only old style practicing and hockey in a way of training. So, uh, and I have seen during the career that in the world it works and a little bit different and and uh, uh, coaches are going a little bit, trying to find different ways how to practice skills. So uh, I just knew that 
is that this is it's a good direction to go and um, yeah so I decided to decided to coach and I was practicing uh, first three years uh, I really wanted to explore every age level so I had opportunity to be from under 10 under eight actually from under eight to men's team main focus was from under 15 to the to men's team but I was also participating twice on twice a week on every practice with a lower lowest category so so it it gave me a pretty big scale uh, how how kids react and how they how they absorb uh, certain uh, certain uh, new informations about a skill and then i decided to go to haga helia and improve my and develop my coaching skills and in in other way as well so this is where I'm right now. Uh, I'm still working with with uh, our our team in Banska Bystrica in uh, in Slovakia. We had uh, three titles in last three years, so uh, it's going very well. It's we are a pretty successful organization, and we are really going direction what we are uh, talking about in Haga Helia and Verovaki. So I'm really happy for that environment. And last season I've been. Uh, uh, as an uh, as a skill coach and third assistant coach in Pelita with Vesapeta and and Paso, so uh, was great experience to be around Finnish coaches. So that's a bit about me. Yeah, thanks first of all for all of you joining to the, joining today. We um, sounds like uh, we are re- we are really excited because three different coaches from three different cultures, three different nationalities, a lot of like Brani, you already mentioned, Slovakia was already a few years ago a little bit different. Now everything is changing also for your club, so that's that's very well. And um, that's, Dustin, as you have been mentioning already, like um, skills are always evolving nowadays, and the research is coming out so quick. Everything is changing. What you have done last year is maybe is maybe totally different. What you should do this year, and in terms of skill, um, we wanted to ask you all of you. What does skill mean personally to you? And also, what are essential essential hockey skills for you guys? Hmm. Maybe we can start again with Jaska and then we just go around and you guys can ask each other questions as well. Perfect. Uh, of course, there is a lot of skills in ice hockey, but before that, uh, one of my favorite things is motor skills for the ice hockey skills because I'm in charge of under 13 so these kids they they need to do these motor skills better than earlier if they want to learn their ice hockey skills so so that it's not just black and white uh, for the skills coaching in, in ice hockey or in, in in the world now because earlier there was a Ericsson's theory 10,000 hours. It was just repetition after repetition. Uh, I don't, I don't know if it's the best way, but but then there is a new, new, newer way. These Bernsteins are this nonlinear pedagogy and differential learning. Uh, my opinion is that there is somewhere between the road. It's a good, good way to, to do that, and take some some other things there and some other there your baggage and then then skills in ice hockey it's 
quite simple. But if if before that these ice skills are not going better uh, on the on the uh, ring, you don't know if if the bottom is going going off in motor skills because nice hockey skills skating stick handling shooting passing we we have done this this kind of stuff uh, things repetitions after repetitions but in the game it's not that skill just for repetitions yeah um if i can if i can go uh, yeah i totally agree i'm i'm totally on the same page and uh, i i remember how i would how, how i grew up and there was really like there was repetitions after repetitions and one is again after repetitions you know <laughs> i was all about repetitions so, <laughs> so so and and i and like the kids and, and my teammates like they had i could i know now that they had unbelievable potential but it was just it it wasn't it wasn't enough those repetitions weren't just enough you know and and always what gave us the most was was like i would repeat myself a lot probably today but the street hockey or or playing whatever on the streets that gives us repetitions without repetitions and many hours where we develop our motor skills because I totally agree with the with, with the uh, idea that that uh, in to under twelve you don't have to really think about the skills with with the kids like hockey skills, but motor skills is the number one topic under that age, and and that's that's the way and and multiple sport where you have to go through all the motor skills, and I, I'm I'm pretty sure that then when when kids even enter the the hockey world in their ten without playing hockey before they will, they will they will be still still probably on the better way to to uh be su successful in a, in a hockey yeah i agree with everything you guys said there um you know the multiple sports and the motor skills i don't know how it is for you guys over there but um here like early specialization um it's causing an issue in terms of um, athletes not playing multiple sports and it's really because of fear of missing out um, our mm. parents and, and families they're 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 so scared that if they only play hockey for five months a year at eight years old they're they think they're going to fall behind um, so I just wanted to bring that point up that that's something we fight a lot here um, every single day just for me I mean skills um, skills means um, for the athlete's ability to make plays within the competition context. Um, so I always tell our coaching staff to evaluate players. Like, for example, if little Johnny could shoot the puck really hard um, in practice, that, that's great, but can he do it in a game? So is he making a decision in a game, you know, to move left or right, to pull or push the puck to create a shooting lane? Um, or in a game, is he just shooting the puck with his head buried, hitting shin pads? Um, so we really try to focus on our skill development, um, creating an environment where the players have to make plays within the context of competition. So that when they get to the game, um, it translates. You know, so some mm -hmm. couple couple skills that we really focus on is skating and edge control. 
Um, the game is changing. It, it's no longer forwards and backwards. It's side to side. It's lateral movement. Mm. It stops and starts, change of directions. Um, so we do tons and tons of skating and edge control. Um, one thing we tried this year is that I've seen in the past clubs do traditional line skating where you have six lines and they just go up and down the ice. Um, <laughs> and you hear coaches yelling, head up, head up, good spine, right? Um, so what we did this year is we, we implemented a new thing. Um, and I wish I could take credit for this idea, but it was not mine. So we put six lines on each side of the ice and we had them skate at each other, whether it was holding inside edges or outside edges. Um, so there, now you have six players coming from each direction skating at each other. So guess what they're doing? They're skating with their head up. You know, they're, now they're making a decision to hold the inside edge a little bit longer or hold an outside edge a little bit longer to create space. Um, mm. just, just those little, like, additions to our programs, um, drills, um, have, have made a huge difference. Now we, we, we go very few practices or for very few drills where our players aren't making a decision. Um, you know, that kind of leads into what I was going to say next, like hockey IQ. And I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but, you know, it's an, an essential hockey skill, in, in my opinion. Um, you know, so for me, we have skating, edge control, hockey IQ. Um, another one is um, pass reception and handling of passes. Um, for you, as you guys know, as you get to the older age groups and the elite level, um, puck control and puck possession is so important. Um, if you have the puck more, you're going to most likely win the game. So being able to receive passes, handle passes, all types of passes in your skates, in the air, knocking passes down, um, it's extremely important. And then the, another skill, I think, is just being a good teammate and coachable. Um, you know, that's, that's on the coaching staff and the culture of, of the club to create an environment where you're emphasizing being a good teammate and being coachable and having a good environment of accountability. Um, so those were some, some things that I, um, that our club, we really focus on. Hmm. That sounds really yeah. good that Dustin said, just, just you have to add your skills together because it's in the game. It's ice hockey game. So, so you, you need to put skills together because it's not just technical skills in the game. It's, it's there is an opponent who, you need needs to do something because there's opponent. So you you have to work with your skills and then and you you can change and make decisions about the game. That's the main focus, main important like as to say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh I would add uh that last last week I, I've been I had opportunity to be to be with uh, assistant coach of a men's team from Linchapping. In Sweden, and uh, uh, he he showed up uh, kind of their vision with the with the club with the organization, and it was first human first. It's something like always CP said, and then is best athletes, and then is best hockey player. So I totally I I really liked it when he said that first of all what they want to develop is the human being. Then best athlete, and in the end is the hockey player. So if they develop best athlete, then probably they would, they will, they will, they they have the biggest chance to to create also some really good hockey players, right? Yeah, so, that's yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, just so I'm just going to make a comment on the best hockey player. So I have it on pretty good authority. There's an NHL team out there that um, their number one thing is they look for hockey IQ. They believe they could train skating, all the other skills over the course of four, five, six years. Um, <laughs> uh, but hockey IQ, and it just ties into what you were saying, like being a good human being, being a um, you know the best athlete, and that that'll create a good hockey player. And that's what a lot of the elite levels look for um, in yeah. terms of importance. Yeah. Yeah, and also, also what you said, guys, about the about the hockey sense um, that that hockey is a game, and we can talk about the skills and and we can practice the skills, but then it has to end up in the game, and and we need to push the players to think about also those skills in the game. So, uh, like now during the summer, I got I got some groups of players. It's usually under eighteen, under twenty, and and pro players, and I, I kind of made that my practice is is we are working on some skills usually that players they they gave me some some instructions like what they would like to focus on and what they would like to develop mm -hmm. and i'm really going that, that that way during the practice that 10 12 minutes we are working in a really small group on some skill what they what they wanted and we went through and i'm i'm dropping them right away to smaller again right after that five seven minutes smaller again with the focus and i'm trying to really push them Hey, let's try to think about that skill what we have we have just done, but let's try to find a way and use using that smaller again. That it's not just smaller again. Of course, we ha we want to have fun, but let's try to find those places where you can really develop that skill, and it really works. And players love it. Players really love it. Yeah, and it's, it's nice. you have you have these skills, but what you have earlier done in these smaller games. So if you, you try to get better passers, the passing mm. passing is the main focus about drills. Uh, mm. Key points is always in the passing, even even though it's technical drills or one against one drill, uh, two mm. against one drill or, or smaller game or five against five game. It, it yeah. would be the passing, passing the main, main focus all over there. Yeah. 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 So I think we could all agree hockey sense is a skill. So like for you guys, um, what's your, what's your belief? Um, I, I had a conversation with another coach about this last night. What's your belief? Can you, can you develop hockey sense or is it something that you just are born with? What's your guys' mm -hmm. thoughts? For sure. For sure. We, you can we can take, take another, another discussion with that because it takes so much hours for that, but <laughs> But after <laughs> yeah. it's it's somewhere there. You you need skills, and then you need the, these tactical things and decisions that you can put it together. Then it's like a game. So uh, I think it's get getting better. This hockey sense if if you play a lot. Of course, coaches can help you. They give you some models or some some these things because there is no that much players for. Uh, good players when they're born. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you, can, you yeah. can practice it, but all, all the players they have played a lot different games. Who has mm. some some been hot top level? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's an interesting topic. I do 
I do believe you can develop it, but I also think, um, you know, for us here in, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, we only, our hockey season's only five months. And let's just argue mm-hmm. six months if you include some spring and summer development. So we only have the kids half a year. Um, you know, so my, my argument is we're going to do our part to develop the hockey sense, but they also need to play other sports and, um, you know, other invasion and attack style sports like soccer, basketball, um, lacrosse, that have similar concepts. Um, and I know I called it soccer. That's what we call it here in the U.S., so I'll say football. Um, but I don't want to <laughs> okay. confuse our, our American coaches <laughs> here if I say football. So I'm just going to call it for so- soccer so everyone understands. Um, but you're, if you're playing other <laughs> – so if you're playing other invasion and attack style sports that have – you know, similar concepts of creating triangles, creating um, two-on-ones. Um, I think that mm-hmm. translates to developing hockey sense. And I'm not taking away anything from like a choreographed sport of, you know, American football or, you know, a, a baseball. They're, I played both growing up. They're extremely tough sports to play. Uh, but if I'm playing second base in a baseball game, you know, I have 15, 20 seconds to think about my options. Um you know, before the, the ball comes to me, whereas, you know, these other invasion type sports like hockey, like you're, you're making multiple split second decisions. Um, so I think it's, you know, hockey sense can be developed, but I think it's also the players are a product of what other sports they play, you know, how long the seasons are. Um, I think, I think it's, I don't think it's as easy as black and white and saying, you know, if we do this X, Y, and Z in hockey, they're going to develop hockey sense because we only have them for six months a year. What are they doing together half of the year? Um, so that, that would be my argument. I think it's um, a product of the environment and everything that the kids are doing and, um, you know, tied into that. I remember growing up and you guys can comment on this too. Um, like growing up, the amount of free play of just going to the park and playing with my friends, whether it was basketball, you know, football, soccer, street hockey, um like there's there's very free very few free play situations for kids these days um over here just because of the way everything's so professionalized and structured not to mention now you only have um, i believe i read a report that there's only four states that make physical education uh, mandatory in new schools so you start taking away all these opportunities of free play and developing that sense um you know it's it's an interesting topic and like you said we could we could talk hours on this <laughs> and the, yeah, like yeah, said, the en- en- environment is very important so so that there is possibilities to, to go further on yeah yeah definitely and uh, multi-sport is is number one if we talk about a skill and probably we all know that when when the kid is coming from in under 12 uh, to hockey and he is really athletic and he can play soccer, he can play basketball, he, can, he, he is good in all other sports. He is usually one of the best on the ice as well. No matter if he is a good skater or, or if he is a great shooter, but he understands the game. And that's, that's number one criteria for, for us later on, right? Right. So, so, so that's, that's, there is there's a lot of ways. That's the one, yeah. one point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we also have now, uh, you know, we, we don't have that many rinks here in Slovakia as you have in US or in Finland and and we are in the process of, of building the rinks but uh, what we are trying to uh, achieve now is that 
that we really we before we were focused how we can uh, rise number of uh, of of the of the practices on the ice. Let's say from under ten to under fifteen, and now we said that in to under twelve, under thirteen, we're gonna go really higher with the numbers of off ice practices, but unorganized off ice practices. So let's say that kids got a opportunity to play two, three hours in a in a school our school area, some some soccer or whatever they want. They 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 can play whatever they want. There is some teacher just to watch out, like if if everything is okay. But he is not doing anything. So we are. I know that in Finland this is this is pretty basic. Even in the schools, I don't know how is it in the US, but here it it's wasn't such basic. <laughs> It's not just basic, right? But if if I when I no. when I was in your when I was in, in in schools, I saw that kids are are just running outside during their break. You know, here the kids need to sit in in a, in a classes in school. You know, they they need to sit inside. They cannot go outside, and and those are numbers of minutes when they can do some unorganized. Yeah. Uh, you know, there is a stuff, huge so. huge difference the difference between the top. Top athletes and uh, not the top top kids in like mm. under ten. There is mm. so so many kids who who have done a lot, but there is too much for the kids who have done nothing. Just play okay. games in the video game. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so <laughs> sure. so different difference between the good and the between the low guys. It's huge. Mm. It's getting yeah. worse. Yeah. Yeah, in Finland too, nowadays. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I wish you, I wish you that uh, you would come here for a while and you would see because now I could, now yeah, I could compare I, after I, this I got, year and I got and I got uh, the punch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so so, yeah. Keep going there. Keep going. Yeah, sorry about that, Bernie. Um, but just moving on a little bit, there's. I want to talk to you guys about how you actually assess players and how do you actually get to know what they need to work on and how they get better. So I think it would be really interesting here is we have a lot of youth experience and a lot of um, elite experience and older experience. So I think it would be interesting to compare and contrast the difference between assessing maybe a, a U10, U12 player versus a U20 or men's player. And, and is it, and just talk about that process of how you decide what skills the players need to work on. And is that, is that a decision you make with the players or is that a decision you make with the coaches? Yeah. So I'll, I'll go ahead and start here. Um, so for 10 U, um, it's, it's extremely hard to assess players. Um, in my opinion, um, here, here in, U.S. we do have a tiered system, so we're already, you know, placing 10 U players on a top team, a bottom team. Um, I'm not, I'm not so sure that's the best way to do it, but that's just the way it is here. Um, you know, it, it's important when you're assessing the players, you know, their athletic background, their previous playing history. Um, so you're going to judge um, a player differently um, if you know he's been playing hockey for two or three years versus a player that's coming into his first year. Um, so just knowing the background of the players is important at the younger levels. 
um, you know, and figuring out what they need to work on. Um, that just takes a lot of communication. If you're, if you're on the youth level to, with all your coaches, um, like for example, we had last year, we had six, six, seven coaches for one ten U team. Um, so there was a lot of communication between the assistant coaches on what each kid um, needed to work on. Um, so utilizing the coaching staff is extremely important um, when you're putting plans together for, for the kids. Um, and, and then also you have to, you have to get feedback from the players, you know, for the USHL, um, you know, deciding what the skills need to work on. Obviously there's a, there's a lot of discussion with the coaching staff um, during the off season, during the preseason, during training camp, there's always discussion every single day um, about what players need to work on. Um, but there, we also do take feedback from, from the players. Um, I'll just give you an example. We had a, we had a player last year that was playing in the middle of our power play um, and he wanted to work on some catch or release from different angles. Um, so for a couple of weeks, we worked on that. And then, you know, that after the couple of weeks working on that, he scores a really nice goal catch and release surrounding the puck on the middle of the power play. So it's a combination of both when deciding what skills to work on. Um, I, I firmly believe if, if the players have some say in it, they're going to be way more bought in. Um, and, and, and there's an art to it as a coach, as, um, you know, selling it to them as it, as if it was their own idea, right? If it's their own idea, there's going to be a lot more buy-in, um, from a player. It, and I don't, I don't think it matters at what age group or age level. Okay. I can continue for that. Uh, it's easy for me because I'm some kind of head of coaches under my ages. So we have made plans for every age of group groups that we have done in the schools or, or in the game. So that uh, under 10, there is uh, their own skills. They are doing everything like skating, handling, shooting and passing together with the game. And after that, under 11 and under 12 they are together so they have two, two years time for for the next next station next level about skills so so that the coaches can continue after earlier years the skills like level a to level b or they can know notes their uh, players if they're like red red color it's the first and it's yellow and then it's like uh green so it's like three three levels players so so they can make drills so that there is to exercise this in three kind of levels so that the players can choose this way this way or this way and after that they get better in their skills and then they can come to the next level and and after season they can come to the next age of group and then when they they are under 13 like Rick and Derek now so we change it a little bit more like uh, game skills these technical skills are going uh, near to the game so so that we can take tactical skills together with technical and there is the game rolls one two three and four 
inside the game and and the skills are inside the game so that if if we're attacking we we can pass and shoot more if we're like uh, in our own zone there is a passing and skating which are the skills inside that game system or or these roles one and two so so that it's step by step continue after the season and when they jump to the under 15 then there is just a game and of course everything which is inside that but before that it's go like uh, level a b c like level one two three and so on hmm. yeah yeah we we got we are going exactly the same way uh, as as yako probably because I, I took that Finnish way as well and I, and I really liked it. Um, if we talk about from under 10 to under 15. Um, but uh, what, I, what I'm trying to focus on from under 15 is also that we have some uh, some game development and, and like tactical, technical development what, what, is on our, what is on our plan or on our schedule. But uh, the thing is that we, I'm trying to really uh, teach players think about their skills, try to think, to try to find their weakness, their strengths, and and really really name it, you know, not just yeah skating one to five or but really what is in what's in the skating on the scale one to five, rate it, rate rate your tight turns, rate rate your uh, glide turns you know so so i'm really trying to go and and the question for me is a little bit that uh, in in which in which uh, year we can in which level we can already implement those questions and but my my experience is that already in under 13 not that not maybe not that specific but we can already start with the questions that okay so what do you think about your weakness about your strengths and 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 really let them think about their practice because sometimes my practice looks just like a session, and my goal is that one day, with the players with under 18 or under 20, we go on the ice, we got skill practice, and they are just doing their needs, and I'm there only as a mentor and 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 always help them, always ready to help them and show them the right way how to how to bring them into those really really uh, uncomfortable situations and go out from them so that that's that's my job but i really would like to have that mindset of players that if i have 10 players on the ice all of them going to find their spot and they're going to work on their needs and they know how to uh bring their level of practice from from a little bit like small uncomfort zone to really high uncomfort zone that's yeah. really good yeah, I like that um, a lot more. Um, so what we do is we have our players set. Um, we're implementing it this year with COVID nineteen. We've come up with a lot of new, lot of new different ideas and plans um, during this time. This all this free time. So one thing we're doing this year, and you know, just listening to you guys talk about that, we might we might make an adjustment um, at the older age groups. But we would have we're gonna have our players set small two week goals. Um, of things they want to work on, whether it's the shooting, the passing, the skating, and then we're going to have them track what they're doing 
Um, the reason why we're doing that is because we want our players, like what you just talked about, is to take accountability of their own development. Um, but I do like the idea of, you know, at maybe at um, 12U, maybe our second team at 12U and higher, you know, they, they do their own self-assessment instead of the coaches doing it. Um, mm. So then they have, they have a really good idea of what they need to work on, what they believe on they need to work on. And then, um, you know, the, the goal of the, having these players set the goals was to take, take their own accountability um, to get better instead of just relying on the coach every single day to tell them what they to do. Um, so I thought mm. that that's a really good, really good idea. Mm. And one one point for that, uh, because I was there under 15 before this skills coach years, so that I know that there is a, every player has their own plans, uh, mm. under 15 mm. to under 20. So so that it's little bit difference between my age of groups now. So so that the players have has their their own skills and their own program to develop. So so it. It's like under 15 to high, higher level. We we started, and of course, Rig and these guys are has started this earlier, and we'll see what happens. But I have been now five years there, so uh, the players are so good. So there might be a couple guys who get something for that. I made made one year this uh, for under 15. Uh, there was 25 players and only two of these get something about it. So, mm. so that's why we don't start it so early, even though it, it's good point that they can, they can be part of the planning and part of the tools development. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good point, yeah. like it. Yeah, so that's kind of a, a good segue into the, the next question I have. And, I wanted to ask you guys what, what a typical practice looks like for you guys. And maybe we can narrow it down to just one age group that, um, to make it a little bit simpler, but maybe if you're running a, a U14 practice, uh, what, what does that, or a skills session, let's say, what does that look like? What kind of environment are you creating? And then what does the, what does the feedback look like that you and your coaches are giving to the players? And maybe, uh, Randy, maybe we can start with you. Yeah, yeah. With with under fourteen, um, like right now, um, of course there is some season plan. What we are, what we would like to develop in in a technical skills. So if it's skating or or puck handling or or uh, upper body control, what we are struggling with a lot now. So, but but uh, it's really I'm trying to I'm trying to find that that uh, as Iako said that that, that middle way where are the repetitions and where is the where are the repetitions without the repetitions because sometimes some players you you can see that some players kind of really still feel that they need those reps so, some they not so really need to find a balance that everyone is kind of mm -hmm. satisfied in the, in practice but the feedback thing for me what i'm using right now and and it if it gives i think uh huge benefit to other players as well on the ice that I'm asking um, they, they are trying to give I'm, I'm making couples during that practice and they're trying to uh, give feedback to each other so we are working on something and then they I, I'm, I'm 
just like trying to uh, explain what we are trying to focus on. But during the practice, I want to uh, create the atmosphere that they, the couples, are talking together, giving each other feedback, find find new ideas how to do certain things better, and then we can group up again and and uh, and we go through it again. And they they talk again with me. So this is how how my feedback during the practice is is uh, going right now, and and. Uh, it's it's really interesting how how also we lost Brandy there. The storm was there. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Where where what what did you hear last? Uh, you, you said just, nothing. Go ahead, Derek. Yeah, you just finished explaining about your your feedback and how you do it in the couples and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so. Uh, it's it's great way and great to see how also it builds the skill practice builds also relatedness between the players because they really have to communicate and look for each other and help to each other to develop that other guy other teammate so so this is something what i what i'm implementing now in in our uh, youth but also with our under 18 and under 20 as well and it works of course i'm there and and then they are coming back to me and and we are uh, wrap up and we, we go through it again with me and there are always questions that, that uh, those couple those couples are are asking of that okay we struggle with this like we we we, we, we struggle in the tighter with with outside edge or with the with the elbow up or whatever with twisting hands but they're trying to fix their uh, fails between each other Yeah, I mean, I really like the couple's idea. Uh, I'm going to steal that idea if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, 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 welcome. <laughs> um, so typical practice for us at 14U is going to be 60 minutes. Um, we'll have some type of on-ice warm-up, uh, and that depends. It could be a small area game. It could be you know, a short skill session. That could range from 5 to 15 minutes. Um, and, and like you said, it just depends on where you're in the season plan and what phase um, phase you're in. Then we'll have some type of station-based skill session um, with a lot of decision-making or depending on what the schedule looks like, some team-specific time. Um, there's a lot of factors that, goes, that go into the practice planning in terms of where we're at in the season, what's the current competition schedule look like, what have the last few practices looked like? Um, where are the guys mentally, mentally and physically? Where's the coaching staff at mentally and physically? Um, so I try mm -hmm. to I try to have our coaching staff look at all these different factors before you just throw a bunch of drills on a sheet, um, and then really understand the team and the individual players. You know what what does the feedback look like overall? Um, it involves a lot of questions. Um, and it involves a lot of participation from the group. Um, I, I do believe that learning when it's in a social environment and there's communication and dialogue, um, a lot like what you said, you know, the couples communicating. Um, when, the, when the players know that you could be called on at any time, you also create an environment where the players are paying attention at all times. So you don't have the two or three assistant coaches over there telling little Johnny to pay attention. They're going to pay attention naturally because 
um, our head coaches, if they're not paying attention, you're, you're probably going to get called on to ask um, or mm. to answer a question. Um, and, but also mm. I think it's, it's important for the coaches to understand their players. Um, a player just comes to my to mind in our 10 U age group. Um, you know, if I, if I ask him a question in front of the group, he's a little bit more shy, not quite as outgoing. Like he, he's gonna, he's gonna fold and he's gonna get really embarrassed. Um, so for that particular player, our coaching staff pulls him off to his side um, and they give him the on ice marker and he's literally drawing on the ice what he saw and he's walking through the play. So he's, he's thinking about it, but in, when it comes to, you know, asking a question in front of the group, he's not going to say anything. Um, so it, it really depends on the individual athlete and it, it all comes back down to having that relationship with those individual players and knowing what works for each individual athlete or the group. Yeah, uh, that uh, that was really nice to to hear, Branislav, that you take your couples together for the skills and and it's one one of my favorite thing that uh, players can get get be the part of the the skills and everything so that they can they can do together without the coach and then they can ask from the coach if they need some help. So if they're motivated to do every to do anything, they they can do it like uh, thirty minutes. But uh, another big big question about uh, variation—it's my favorite thing about skills coaching. Uh, it's just five minutes, and then I I need to do something more, do some changes about time space hardness or environment changes so that players can can make decisions like uh, Dustin said earlier so so that it's more game like even though you are doing uh, technical skills so that there might be like five minutes passing together with pair and then another passes in the backhand and, and so on and so on but then right away after that you you can take it the, the back with your friends and and do it in skating in a straight skating and do the same same passing backhand forehand and so on and most like in the game then do against one situation after that it's passing key points but it's two against situation like in the game and then in different areas, smaller, bigger, um, what is that? I don't know. But uh, different areas. I lo I I like to variate a lot, like five minutes, and then variate something. It's for me. It's it's the big thing, and and for the kids, it's they they get motivated for the exercises then, even though they are just under 40 so so then after that they can do whatever you want if they they can do motivated exercises by passing or skating and then then the game then then the game smaller games couple different variation about there and with with the passing dots on so on and then of course 
sometimes you can play right real game fight against fight also because it's just nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah i i like like i like the point about the that every every deal must be so game like than it it yeah. possible yeah yeah i agree i agree it's yeah it's it's i would say that it's it's a little bit different when when you when you work with the men's team uh because um of course the drill needs to be game like but if you got if you if you got a pro player and he's gonna come to you that he he is struggling with um i don't know when they're entering the zone and, and he he needs to uh work on some uh, fakes with with skating or or he he's able to do some fakes with with puck handling but but uh, with the puck but cannot uh also connect up the, the uh, feet or skates then right. i think you really need to bring him into into maybe it doesn't look like a really game situation but you need to create a drill where he really fails and he really needs to uh uh work on he work with uh, with his edges so so i think in that that part uh, and i can see and with with other play with older players as well that they need those repetitions so that's why i'm also yeah. i also said that you really need to find the balance and the middle way because yeah. older older players they want to go through repetitions because they want to really uh have a vision what they do where when they struggle and create yeah, a vision they, how to they, do it without struggling they need this phase for that they get learn learning is possible yeah, I, I, yeah. and then i i got the point and i totally agree for that yeah. because the pro yeah. players they they know and they 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 have done everything but but of course they they can be better in everything yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah really. I would I would say that this is this is area where where I really enjoy the coaching that that under under 20 and under 20 and pro players I like to work with them because they they really come up with with certain situations in the game where they fail and they they feel it's not it's not that they they only fail but they really feel like unsecure they're like they they feel that one blind moment in the game that they are losing control of the puck losing control of the pace losing control of the situation so so i, I really like to play with those moments yeah i agreed with that yeah it's well said yeah understanding the balance and what level you're at is is extremely important and be able to differentiate uh is a key skill as a coach for sure yeah it, it sounds very from all different approaches, I think we had now from Derek Tristan Free really, really interesting approaches, and all to me sound very holistic, and all to me sound very individualized and learner focused. And I think that's the most important thing what we've been discussing, discussing about that we make the environment here as much as possible learner focused and enjoyable for the for the players. And in terms um, now, we already scratched this a little bit um, diff different different age groups and different levels of when, when they progress towards all the age groups. Um, and we, we kind of wanted to ask you because all, all three of you have experience in coaching different age groups 
Um, Dustin, you're working with the USHL and the youngers. Jaska, you're working. You have been working with the olders and now you're more responsible for the youngers. And Bernie, you have been also working everywhere. And what, what skills do you start with um, and what do you coach at each age level? As we have been exploring already, you start a little bit with motor skill acquisition and in order to, to, to facilitate there. It's also a little bit um, ties in into motor skill transfer because if you start those skills a little bit earlier it's it's beneficial for your uh, skill development but what skills do you start with and what do you coach at each age level so example what's the difference when you coach under 14 to to under 16 and then from there to under 18 and to under 20 uh, whoever wants to start feel free yeah, I'll go ahead and start. Um, I'll just start with 8U. Um, so I wrote a couple things down for each age group. I mean, 8U, body control, skating, um, start to really introduce competing for loose pucks, um, introduction to finding and getting open. Um, some players at 8U can understand it, some can't. Um, but as a coach, you just got to keep preaching it. Um, we start introducing basic body contact, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. Um, and then all, obviously all the puck skills, the skating skills, 10 use a lot of the same thing, more body contact. We started introducing angling, um, some game skills, two on ones, D side, staying on, stick on the ice, getting open, spatial awareness. Um, so we start adding in some awareness and, and a lot more hockey IQ at 10 U, 12 U, um, a lot of body contact, angling, um, you know, the individual skills. We do, with our club, we want to have a puck possession type of club through all our age groups. So puck protection is huge. A lot of one-on-ones, don't exposing the puck, um, getting open, moving without the puck, um, staying D side at 12U. We really, at 12U, we really want the players to start taking accountability for their overall improvement. Um, so the, you know, having 12U players like we talked about earlier, um, assessing their own skills and taking that accountability is important. Um, 14U, a uh, lot more game tactics. We start introducing and tying together all the systems and how they, how they work together. Um, by then, they should have all the fundamentals of angling, you know, reading off each other, both in the neutral zone on the four check, um, D zone coverage. And with the puck, they have a lot of the skills of getting open, finding guys, calling for pucks, receiving pucks. Um, then 16U is we start to introduce, you know, more special team concepts, um, some more special like face-off plays. Obviously, we're still focusing on long-term development and skill development at 16, 18U. So, um, still, still a lot more um, decision making, but that's kind of the progression that we have within our club. Yeah, it's normal that you have something which is hold the process in, and which skills are coming coming after when they get get their level A or something like that. We have processed like uh, under 9, 9 to under 14, these six years. Yeah, 
under 9 to under 14 so that the skills are like i said earlier the there is a, always uh, the whole game whole game system is, is like a between uh, our our pelicans idea that there is always the game skills technical and, and tactical and then then of course after that they can do their their team's tactic more when they get get older under 15 to the pro level they they need to take their team tactic with them but before that uh how can i say it? so it's some kind of process that they they get level a to level somewhere between and after these six years so they start like at the beginning after learn to play and and then they every day they have their skills technical tactical games games there is uh golden rules five golden rules under nine under ten ten golden rules under eleven to under twelve and then there is these four game rules under thirteen to under fourteen in Finland. So it's like harder and harder to the players when they get better and older in the game and game and then they can take their skills together with, with our skills. Uh, skating is every every time there like that's to say edges and and this skating to the side, skating forward, backward everywhere it's it's so big things nowadays so they need to do it a lot but uh for more for my opinion the on ice skating it's more like the skating agility i don't know if it's the right word but uh for me it's the big big thing on the on the ice in the kids so they can move to, to the side to the forward to backward so quickly and 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 agility thing. I, I don't know what is that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. agility. Working to for players to be agile, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So yeah. so that yeah. they are good skaters with the puck and without the puck, and then yep. they yeah. they are good stick handlers also, and after that they can pass because if yeah. they they don't have a good skills with stick, they they can pass. They can pass. And after they are like under something, they can shoot. Of course, they can do repetitions after repetitions, but when when they have strengths, shooting is getting better. And so, yeah. so so I don't think think it's so hard, but it's process. And after fifteen, then there is a team tactics also coming to to that long-term plans and power yeah. play and so on and so on yeah. yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go through all, all of the all of the levels but um i would say maybe only the one one uh change what we have done in uh, last year that uh before we went through usa hockey skill development which i consider before as a really good plan and i think still is but in skill development of usa hockey is kind of there is really really a lot of 
uh, stuff to do on each level. If you look at really like skating, puck handling, and if you really plan the season, there is a really a lot of stuff to do. And I don't think it's that necessary in age, let's say under 10 or under under 12, go through all of it. Because right. in the game, when you, when you play smaller games, players are doing it there. Correct. So without 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 any without any uh, repetitions, uh, and then, like repetitions without repetitions. So so uh, we have changed that that we really focus on just on uh, we simplify it that we got just um, concept of just there is a, just a couple things like. Uh, with the puck, just try to have your uh, your hands a little bit uh, outside of the body, that you are able to work with the puck around your body. Don't 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 have your 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 hands uh, really close to your body, that you can you get pace to to work with the puck. Of course, skating. Of course, we are going on the edges even with under ten, under under twelve, but with in really enjoyable way. You know they're really failing down, and we play games, and and then yeah. also they want to they want to try things what they see in uh, NHL, what they so they come up with the ideas, and we go through that, and they're working on edges without any real really strict plan, right? So so we're going through that, and of course, in 13, four roles are coming, and in four roles you need to everything as as Iako said, you need to skate with with and without puck in really agile way, and uh, changing the direction. It's it's number one with puck or yeah. without the puck, so so that's that's our way of development. And of course, later on the skills are getting more uh, more and more difficult, and then uh, we are bringing players from under sixteen to really really uh, uh, dangerous <laughs> dangerous bars in the, in the practice. So yeah, <laughs> shortly. <laughs> Yeah, I I agree with the edges. Like we do a lot of games, like freeze tag, you know, bumper tag, relay races mm. at the younger age groups. Mm. Because you, um, you gotta disguise it so that it's fun. Well, you can't you can't do line skating with a six year old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> kick a soccer kick a soccer ball down the ice line. Go ch- let three kids chase it. Um, you're gonna see their edges come into play. Um, yeah. A lot and we, we do play a lot of on ice soccer actually which is fun to watch the kids do that um mm, because yeah they, the body is a great one yeah mm. so um hiding the edge control on the skating within small mm. games like you talked about is so important um especially at the younger age groups that's how you keep keep kid kids engaged and you you disguise it right so it's um great point there i think we, um, we have 60 percent of games under 12 and then it's like 40 percent of games under 13 and under 14 so yeah well we um i think this might be a good place to wrap up um i know we got to get going but i just wanted to say that I, I think brandy and rick might enjoy this and remember it but uh we played on ice soccer with a bunch of coaches that were from 20 to 35 years old and, and they were engaged and they were having fun so i think it's a yeah a good game for all, all yeah and players. also i think what we what we learned from it it's it's so important in the in the development to to make the players feel comfortable um yeah. when they progress it's it's really important and that they build the the self confidence and the passion and the love for the game because with, without being comfortable it's it's really tough to do it so i think yeah. that's a really crucial point that we build this confidence progressively from a very young age and 
I always add a little piece there. So yeah. Yeah. Well, you you need you need repetitions, but you have to variate things, and and the players need some feedback in their out, out or inside, and and then it's not just black and white for these things. There is so yeah. many ways to do do it yeah. right. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you guys very much. Uh, it was a wonderful discussion. Uh, lots of really good questions, lots of good ideas. So I uh, can't thank you enough. We, I think we can talk for another three or four hours on these topics. So we hope to can do it again. But uh, yeah, for now, enjoy the rest of the summer. Stay healthy and um, we'll talk to you guys later. Yeah, thanks, thanks guys. guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks you guys. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was great to be here, you guys. First of all, I need to say that this was a very valuable conversation to me as it includes a lot of practical ideas and it highlights that skills are always evolving. And my personal key takeaways here was that motor skill acquisition comes before specific ice hockey skills. And it's just, just important that we include during the off-ice training a variety of motor skill acquisition so players and athletes are actually able to transfer those skills on the ice. And what we actually need to do is we need to push the players to think about the skills they need actually in the game. So they really understand what skills do I need to practice in order to become a better player. And furthermore, I just, it always comes back to me that multiply invasion games are applicable to develop hockey sense. And the principles you practice in invasion games are actually uh, in other invasion games such as handball, basketball, floorball, football, lacrosse. They're the same we do in hockey. So playing a variety of invasion games off the ice is such so important. And I think also it's just so much fun for the kids to play a lot of different invasion games. And additionally is that hockey sense is just a product of, of an unorganized and chaotic environment. And, we, and here we always need to change the task and environmental constraints and we need to bring a lot of variety in, in, into the practice. And then I, I want to say so my, 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 last, my last part I, which I want to mention is that, that we always come back to that Brani was mentioning this in the conversation that first of all, we need to put the human first, second athlete and third player. And this is also our slogan that people first athlete seconds, players for it. Yeah, Rick, I would agree. And I think you make some really good key points that I also wrote down. And that, that idea of, that you just mentioned of humans first, then athletes and hockey players, you know, it's, it's something that we seem to keep coming back to. And I think that shows just how crucial it is when we accept the role of being a coach. You know, it's not just about developing good skaters or developing good shooters or good free kick takers in soccer. You know, it's, it's about developing people and you have such an influence on people that that is, that is a crucial understanding of the job as a coach. And again, you mentioned the multi-sport as being the first priority. You know, you want kids to be involved in every invasion sport that they can and they want to be involved in. And 
because those principles, they, they really connect and they really, really just help become, create better athletes and better and better hockey players overall. But I also think it goes beyond invasion sports. You know, you mentioned the MSA and the motor skills. You know, you can be, you know, I did gymnastics as a kid. I did a tumbling class and that really helped my, with my, you know, body control. Looking back, it, it, it gave me a lot of athleticism and a lot of flexibility, move, um, mobility, and, and just really over, overall helped with my development, I believe. And, you know, putting kids in those situations where they can learn to control their body and learn to move their body in efficient ways, that will just overall create better athletes and better hockey players as well. And I think my final point that I got out of this that I wanted to mention here in the outro is that, you know, when you're, when you're thinking about what skills you want to work on with an athlete, it's got to be a combination of both the coach's input and the player's input. And I, I think this is something we talk about a lot in school as well, but it's this idea of athlete-centered coaching. And it's such a big idea and it's such an important uh, understanding for coaches to have that it, it really just comes down to that, you know, work with your athletes. And um, I think all the, all the coaches in the call today mentioned it but you just want to work with the coaches and, and it progress or work with the players and it progresses as they get older and as they get more control of their development. But, you know, even from a, a young age, you can ask a kid, Hey, what do you want to work on today? What do you want to do? And, and find some way to get them involved in their own development. I think that's really powerful and something that I really took away. And yeah, that concludes my thoughts on the episode. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to as well, the, the future roundtable discussions we'll have and all the guests that we'll get to bring on to discuss the various themes and topics we'll go through. And just to, just as a final note, um, these coaches, they, they love to connect with people. So make sure you reach out to them with any questions you have and connect with them on social media. Their, their information will be in the show notes below. And, and on our social media posts from the show account as well. And make sure you follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, on and Instagram to keep up with up with episodes and, and show information. Our tag is at the coaches road. And finally, as always, feel free to send us an email with any suggestions, comments, or recommendations for future topics or guests that you'd like to see on the show and particularly in a roundtable discussion. Our email is thecoachesroad at gmail.com. Thank you, everybody, and we hope you enjoyed the episode.